0: Welcome to the St. Matt's Podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening services. Well, good morning. If we haven't met, my name's John. Um, It's great to be with you. I don't normally get to being here, I normally hang out with teenagers, uh, so, sorry, I just had to run from the teenagers to here, so I'm just catching my breath. <laughs> tells you how, how fit I am, um, apologies. Well, uh, we're continuing our series on, on being bold, we talked about being curious, what's the hand action for being curious? Yeah, a few of us, okay, good, alright, let's, let's see if we can do the next one. What about opening up? Yeah, yeah, much better. And then today, we're talking about linking them in, which generally you do with someone else, but I mean, that's a good sign as well. This is No, no, that's okay. All right, I want to ask a question for you as we start. What has God given you to help you share Jesus? What resources, what assets has God given you to share your faith? Maybe you think, oh man, I am just so eloquent. I am so good at talking. Maybe you think you have a really great ability at building an argument. You know, you are just great at that. Maybe it's that you have a really strong theological understanding. Maybe you have just an, an immense knowledge of philosophy and sociology and history and that that helps you to be bold and to share your faith. Maybe you have apologetic skill. Maybe you're just really friendly. And maybe you feel a little bit like me where you feel like you don't have anything to give in that. Well, today I want to convince you that God has actually given you everything that you already need, as Haley said, Uh, that God has given us the greatest asset, which is the compelling community of Christians, the people that sit in this room, those who already know Jesus. We spent time over the last weeks talking about those things that we talked about, being curious, learning about the people that you already know about. We've talked about opening up And just sprinkling a bit of Jesus into everyday conversation through our our words and what we ask and how we give thanks and all those kind of things. And this week, as we talk about linking them in, we're talking about merging the circles, merging our universes of work and church, or merging our universe of family and friends with Christians. And that's what we mean by link them in. It it doesn't necessarily mean anything other than that, other than building relationships between your Christian friends and your not yet Christian friends. Uh, This week, as I've spent time in Acts two, I've I've just been uh, so—it has just been really clear to me about how God used the compelling community of Christians in Acts two to bring people into faith. These early Christians were publicly a captivating and compelling community. People saw them and saw what they did, and these not-yet-Christians saw that, and God added to their number daily. So, what did that community look like? What did they do? Well, if you look with me in Acts chapter 2, uh, if you can have your Bibles, I'm really sorry, my slides this morning, they, they just didn't want to work for us. So, you're going to need your Bible... Really in front of you. So, Acts 2, chapter, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, uh, it says, uh, you know, we see what they were devoted to. They were devoted to four things. They were devoted to, uh, the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. So, the apostles' teaching, literally, the disciples were passing on what they had been taught from Jesus. That is, uh, the, the things like Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection the fulfilment of Old Testament prophecies in Jesus, the Messiah, and the great commission that Jesus gave to go and tell all nations, to make disciples of all nations. And as well as that, their own personal encounters with Jesus. So they, the early church were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to fellowship. That is our, our common union together in our relationship with Christ. Common union. So that's fellowship They were devoted to the breaking of bread. As they ate together, they remembered what Jesus had done, the life that he had lived, the death that he died for them. And then they devoted themselves to prayers, to praying with each other and probably for each other, both in the temple and in their homes, as you see in Acts 2. This passage clearly shows us what the church looked like. What the church did together as they gathered in Jesus' name, but Acts two I think is much more, or it is more than that. It doesn't just show us what they did, but it showed us how their ministry actually compelled others to enter in to that community of believers. And so we're going to look. We look with me. I want you to notice three things, three things from uh, the passage as we think about linking people in. There are three things. These are where they met. How they used what God had given them and the end result. Where they met. How they 46 that them and the end result. So where did they meet? Well, we can see in verse 46 that it, st- that it says this. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Now the temple uh, in Jerusalem was the primary place where crowds gathered. Uh, that's where you would find crowds. And there, that place is where Christians went to share their faith and to pray together, in the temple courts, in a public place. These earliest Christians, they desired to be encouraged in their faith by sitting under the teaching of the apostles in this public place, the Jewish temple. But they also listened to this teaching in the temple as an opportunity to preach the gospel to their fellow Israelites as an act of testimony to its truthfulness, of who Jesus is and what he has done. So they met publicly in the temple and they met in their homes. Keep reading in verse 46, it says, They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God. Now, this was probably in their homes, it was most likely just the Christian brothers and sisters meeting together in fellowship, in the common union, in their belief in the gospel. And they did that praising God and eating together. And then it goes on to say, in the very next bit of that verse, it says, um, in verse 7, 47, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. So both as they met in the temples and as they met in their homes, they were enjoying the favour of all the people around them. So where did they meet? They met publicly and in fellowship in their homes. And in that, they showed a compelling community where others looked at them and thought, wow, look at them. So that's, where did they meet? The next question was, how did they use what God had given them? Well, in verse 45, we see this incredible thing where they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. The Christians lived in radical generosity towards each other, but towards anyone who had need. The Christians, they used what God had given them to show radical generosity to each other. And the people around them saw this compelling community and this compelling generosity. So we've talked about where they met, how did they use what God had given them, and then we come to the end result. And you'll see that as they met in public places and in their homes, as they lived with radical generosity, it all led to this in verse 47. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Through this compelling community of Christians and through this radical generosity, God used that and the work of his Holy Spirit in the Israelites around them, to the Jewish people around them, to call them into a saving faith. Where the Christians spent time and their generous living was a significant factor in many more people turning to Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. Luke highlights both how they lived and also God's determination to save. As the message of salvation was proclaimed, and and Jesus' disciples lived out its truth in every area of their lives, both in the public realm and in their homes and in their generosity the lord added to their number daily those who were being saved imagine that daily we're seeing people joining our family of believers god was continuing to draw people into fellowship into the fellowship of his church adding to their number daily as people heard the truth of the gospel and saw this truth of the gospel in this compelling community of christians these early Christians, as they met in public places, they linked their fellow Israelites in. They linked their neighbours in, not through retreating into camps in the bush, not kind of you know just staying in their own little bubble, but actually going out into the community and being a compelling community where they were connected with people that were not yet Christians. Okay, that was the early church 2,000 years ago. What does that mean for us at St. Matt's in 2024? What does this mean for you in 2024? Why should we be bold in linking people in with our Christian friends? Why should we merge our universes of work and family and friends with our Christian friends? Uh, This week, um, I heard this statement. I was talking to a guy and he talked about this phrase, dignity of risk. Um, this idea that we show people the, the, the dignity of who they are as we take risk. As we actually... You see, I don't know about you, but sometimes I go, but what about my non-Christian friends sitting with my Christian friends? My Christian friends can be a little bit weird sometimes. Um, I'm not sure. But we want to take, take risk. And your Christian friends, your Christian brothers and sisters, uh, they are the way that the people around you are going to come to know Jesus through a compelling community of believers. So why be bold through linking them in? Two things. We are a compelling community. We'll talk about that in a moment. And the second one is that as people come in to a compelling community, we show Jesus as plausible, that he actually could have lived. So compelling community. You might look at what the media says about Christianity and you might think, You know, our Christianity is definitely not portrayed as compelling in the media. You know, it's portrayed as being dangerous, or that Christians are hypocrites and bigots, that they are the bad guys. The greater truth is that you and I, if you are in Jesus, we are united at a far deeper level than the world sees. Truly, uh, truly living a life transformed by Jesus is compelling. As a community of Jesus people, we will be a community a compelling community because Jesus Himself is compelling. Uh, a recent survey um helped show us that real uh show us real Aussies uh who had a relationship, had had a friendship with real Christians and asked how they saw them. And so uh you know, while many Aussies you know, are maybe ambivalent or even negative towards Christians, Um, the picture in the survey was very different among those that knew Christians personally. So there was a question that was asked um, of the responders. Uh, They were asked to describe their Christian friend or family member from among 20 different characteristics. Ten of them were positive and ten of them were negative. The top five responses were these. Caring kind, honest, loving, and generous. That is the compelling community of believers. As people are connected with Christians, as Oddies were asked of your Christian friends, of your Christian family, how do you view them? By vast majority, these were the things that people said about Christians. And so when you link your non-Christian friends With your church family, these are the things that they're going to see. And yes, we're not perfect, we don't always get it right, but this is also something for us to live up to, to live up to that compelling community of believers. So I guess uh, I want to pause and I want to ask you this question. Is this how your family would describe you? Caring, kind, honest, loving and generous. If this same survey was given to your neighbours, to your colleagues, to your sports teammates, to maybe even your Christian brothers and sisters, would these be the characteristics, would these be the responses that would be given about you? I guess I was challenged as I saw those five things. I was like, oh man, I really hope. And I think if you feel guilt in that now, I'm just going to pray and ask that God would actually work in our hearts to make us that and to remind us that Jesus has already done it all and then we'll keep going. Look, God, um, we know that we don't always get it right um, and we know our own hearts. We know the interactions that we've had with others uh, this week. And Lord, we pray that you would work in our hearts and our minds to help us to live out the life that you've called us, to follow in the foots of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you'd help us to be those things. And Lord, as we might feel the guilt of of things that have passed, Lord, we, we ask for forgiveness and we give you thanks that you have forgiven us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you did that allowed us to be forgiven for when we fail. Amen. So a compelling community, we will be a compelling community when we live out this life of Jesus. The early church um, in Acts were, were linking them in. They linked their neighbours in. They met not in their, on their own turf or in hidden communities or camps outside the city, but in places where, where people could see them and could be welcomed into the community. And the Jews began to see more and more people being linked in and, and actually starting to follow this Jesus guy. It seems possible that what these Christians were saying might just be true. That it wasn't just one crazy guy believing this stuff. But when many of their friends and family started to believe it too, and more and more were beginning to believe it too, this Jesus guy began to be a bit plausible. Now, um, I was encouraged by Bree to to look at this book uh, by Sam Chan, that is uh, called Evangelism in a Skeptical World. And um, it's a great book and it gives this illustration and I'm going to tell, tell you like it was from me. So imagine I told you this story. Last night, while Eliza and I were watching TV, um, a UFO landed in our backyard. Um, a green alien got out and came to us uh, and asked us to join him. So, of course, we did. We went out, we jumped on his UFO, and he took us up to his home planet, Jupiter. Amazing place. He took us around his home city. It was beautiful. We had dinner with his family. The food was out of this world. Afterward, we got into the UFO and returned home. But when we got back, because of the space-time continuum thing, you know, I don't know how to say that, um, the, it was like only a second had passed. you know. And so we're back on Earth and everything was back to normal. Do you believe me? No, like it, it seems ridiculous. It seems like crazy. Well, because it is, um, it's pretty unbelievable. But I guess sometimes that's how Christ, uh, Christians are portrayed, that they believe that about this UFO that came and got us and told us this story and then that was it. But imagine that you're in a room of like 50 of your trusted friends and family and I told that same story again. And, you know, people would think, man, this guy's a nincompoop. As if he would... Whatever. Okay, great. But I want you to imagine that, well, let's say that I tell the UFO story and then a few people say, me too. A UFO landed in my backyard as well. My story, you might go, "Uh, maybe. And, you know, like you're thinking, "Uh, we're all a little bit crazy. But let's say that I tell you the story again and everyone else in the room, bar you, says, me too. A UFO landed in my backyard as well. And, and I got on and I went to Jupiter and I th- I thought I saw you, but I was not sure because you had a haircut and all these kind of things. But, <laughs> you know, but then we came back and all of a sudden, this plausibility kind of increases, right? As, as you see these people around you that are believing this, this story. And obviously, that person's not going to believe it until they have that personal encounter with the UFO and believe it. When our not yet Christians meet our Christian brothers and sisters, this is, we're building the plausibility structure for our friends. As they look around and see these people that are actually pretty normal, they're not that weird, um, that they believe this too. And then prayerfully as we pray for them, and we pray that the Spirit might work in their heart so that they may trust in Jesus as their saviour, that because of that plausibility structure has opened up more doors for them to be linked in with the gospel. When we link our, our not yet Christians in, people see our compelling community and they see a bunch of people that actually believe this stuff and the Lord will add to it our number as people are being saved. God's not finished yet so I want us to think about how can we link them in how can we merge the circles of church with the circles of sport and colleagues and family how can we do that well I want us to start by well obviously we could invite them to church we could say yeah come to church with me but I'm not sure if you've asked someone before and they've been like oh I'm you know and you see their face it kind of goes oh that's not for me um, or they make the comment like, oh, won't the roof fall in on me? You know, that type of thing. Coming to church can be quite a daunting thing for lots of people. So while inviting people to church might be exactly what some of your friends and family need, I want us to think about how can we link them in with other Christians? Link them in with not just you as a Christian, but other Christians as well. What if instead uh, you invite a couple of your not, not yet Christian mates uh, to go to golf in Penrith and hit some balls into water uh, together. And, and you just have fun together. And you are just linking them in with your Christian mates. And as you do that, last week we talked about, well, the last two weeks, you you be curious. You get to know your friends and you get your Christian friends to know you're not yet Christian friends. And you open up about faith through those little linking moments of just being together there's one option. What about uh, if you are invited to go to dinner together um, with, with some Christian friends, church friends, just for you know, a dinner, and you say to the person that invited you, hey, um, can I just invite two of my mates from work? Can they come as well? And as you invite them, they're just going to build relationship. Help, help your not yet Christian mates uh, to build connections, to be linked in with other Christians. And then one, one other thing, you know how the church were generous? Maybe save up for a little bit and say, at dinner say, hey, I'm going to shout us dinner tonight and just give little glimpses of, glimpses of radical generosity as you link them in with Christian compelling community. So you could do that. Uh, what about maybe a bunch of you got together and baked hot cross buns together, you know, a couple of weeks out from Easter, uh, you know, put them together and then just go to your neighbours uh, with your Christian mate and knock on the door and say, "Hey, you know, we're uh, some of the guys from church. You know, we baked some hot cross buns. We just wanted to give them to you and say Happy Easter." Just a really small little opportunity to link them in with someone else and pray, pray that they'll invite you in to have a hot cross bun together. Uh, what about after school? If you're a parent of some you know primary age stu- of kids, after school, invite them to go to the park together with some of your church friends as well so that the kids are playing together and you're getting to talk with other not yet Christian parents. You could go to the movies together. You could um, play some doubles tennis with a Christian and on the other side of the court, hopefully there's uh, some, uh, another team that's not yet Christian and play in such a way that you can ask them to go to coffee afterwards. <laughs> the last one that I want to, actually no, I'm going to leave that one, because we're going to come back to that. Um, Linking in is all about merging our universes of not yet Christian with our Christian brothers and sisters. And these are just some of the examples I've given you, but you are all much more creative than I am, so I need your help. What I want you to do is with the people around you, I'm going to give you 90 seconds, to think about opportunities and, and ways that you could link your not yet Christian friends, family, in with your Christian friends and family going to give you 90 seconds, and then I'm going to ask you to be brave. Remember how I talked talk about the dignity of risk? This is a risk. You have to give me answers, okay? Um, 90 seconds, talk to the people, come up with ways, opportunities that you have to link others in with other Christians. Go for it. I used to be a um, high school teacher, and that was way better than when I'd give them the 22nd morning. That was awesome. Um, so what do you got? What are some opportunities? What's some creative ways that we can link our non-Christian, not-yet-Christian family and friends with our Christians? What do you got? Coffee. Going out for coffee. Just saying, hey, come for coffee. I, I'm going for coffee with my, my friend from church. You want to come? Yep. Invite them to dinner. Which? That is the thing that I didn't tell you about yet. We This week in community groups, uh, we are encouraging you to uh, plan a link-in dinner, which is with your community group to just say, hey, let's put on a dinner together and invite some of our not-yet-Christian friends and family. Just an opportunity to hang out together. Yep, invite them to dinner. Great. On a picnic. Yep, absolutely. Is it Fagan Park? Is that right? Yeah, I'm still learning the area, but I don't know. I should know it by now. Yep. Read a book they might be interested in at your book club and invite them to a discussion. Yeah, so read, uh, at your book club, invite someone, to re- like invite someone to read a book with you that you're reading and invite them to come to that book club and, and have discussion around it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Might mean going to things that they you to. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and sometimes those things might even make you go oh should i go and and, but use the opportunity because jesus what did he do he went to some of the some of the uh most uh down looked what do you call it Looked down upon people yeah yeah go for a motorbike ride ride. yeah (laughs) get get part of a uh, get part of a riding club and go for a ride together go up to robertson have a pie at the pie shop and then come back yeah Yeah, morning teas, afternoon teas and fight them over. Yeah, yeah. Get a bunch of similar retired mates together. Yeah. And I'll join a men's, like a men's shed. Yes. En masse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, if you didn't hear, uh, if you retired, join a, a bunch of other retired people. Uh, it might be uh, that you're going to go to a men's shed and come on mass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are all great opportunities. Think about ways uh, that you can link, link your not yet Christian friends in. And this week in community group, we're asking that you would do that together as a community group, that you'd organise a dinner, a link-in dinner. Don't call it that to your friends. Um, <laughs> but a link-in dinner um, that you can connect your not yet Christians with your Christian friends. Yes yeah that's right, exactly, yeah, absolutely. Bring in your non Christians when you go with you, yeah with your Christians, yeah, um and you know what God's not done, he will add to his number those who are being saved let 's pray, um look God, uh, we give you thanks that you love us, that you are merciful to us, that even when we fail as evangelists, that you still love us, and that you are still working, and so God as as we think about our not yet Christian family and friends, Lord, we pray that you'd help us to be bold in linking them in with our Christian brothers and sisters. Lord, we pray for those three people that, that we've got on that bookmark. Lord, we pray that you would be working in their hearts, that your spirit would be moving so that they might see the compelling community, that they might see that this Jesus guy actually is someone that they could believe in and that God, by your spirit, you would help them to encounter Jesus. We pray this in his precious and mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Bend Hills Congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.